WFOD starts now. Well, my daddy, he liked to drink and cuss. Kick my ass when I'd make a fuss. Call me fat when I wasn't in the best of shape. He taught me all about mowing grass, about dildo drawers and chasing ass. I just don't know why he went and named me Rape. It must have been a big fucking joke. Or he must have been real high on coke. Bakers wouldn't write my name on birthday cakes. And now I'm fucking 42. And I just don't know what to do. No one's banging the dude named Rape. So I started learning to play guitar. Put air fresheners in my car. Ran a comb through my flowing mane. Breath mints had me minty fresh. Got a loofah to scrub my flesh. Still these girls couldn't get past my name. Told my dad it was an awful shame that he had given me this old name. Said he made it hard to score with chicks. Well, he just laughed, pulled up a chair. Said, don't you go nowhere. Let old Pappy give you some tips. Buy her dinners, hold the door. Take a trip to the flower store. Be masculine without being a brute. If pussy comes easy, you won't think it's great. So I'm sorry that I named you Rape. Or just use your middle name. It's cute. My name is Mike. I am joined by the king of pranks, the Zoom Daddy, Mr. Travis Hulse. Pop, pop. Travis, coming up after the break, we are going to be talking to Matthew Goodhue. Travis, he is a director man. Uh, he put out a movie called Slother House. Uh, Slother House is about a killer sloth, Travis, that, that uh, goes goes crazy on a, a dormitory of of teenage ladies. Ooh, uh, teenage ladies. Yeah, co-edge, Travis. Uh, good times. Looking forward to talking to him. Because I want to... You know that, that Vivek guy that they're talking about on the internet? The Vivek, Vivek guy? Vivek Ramaswamy? Ramaswamy, yeah, that guy. The, the uh, Indian Donald Trump? <laughs> now, Travis... I, I listened to him on a podcast. I think he was on Russell Brand's podcast. Really? And, and he was talking about he was talking about fucking term limits. And he was talking about shutting down the FBI, Travis. And he was saying 
uh, he was saying things that he was going to do and not saying stuff that the other side does shitty. And I'm listening to this guy. I'm thinking, you know, this fucking Vivek guy, you know, he's, he's making some sense, Travis. Term limits sound great. And so uh, I, I was kind of I was kind of looking at the, the Vivek guy a little bit. Yeah, this guy's actually I, um, he's 37. Travis, he's not 100 fucking years old. Which would be fucking sweet to not have a hundred year old president. And this guy's actually, I believe, currently is polling at like number two behind uh, Trump. I think he overtook DeSantis uh, during DeSantis's slow decline uh, there for a bit. Now, Travis, today, I don't know if you saw it, but Eminem sent a cease and desist letter to Vivek. I did see this because he was uh, playing Lose Yourself? No, Travis, he's not playing Lose Yourself. What? He's rapping Lose Yourself. No, That's a thing that he does at every campaign stop, Travis. He raps Lose Yourself. There's videos of it, Travis. This is Vivek doing an uncomfortable amount of Lose Yourself, Travis. Oh, at a campaign rally? He's done, Travis. This goes on for 40 seconds, Travis. Oh my God. Why? It's so cringe. We can't make this guy president. He, he thinks he's a good at rapping, Travis. This is this is a rich man who has done whatever he's wanted for as long as he can remember and doesn't think that anything he does is wrong, so feels completely comfortable doing half of Lose Yourself in front of a giant audience there's of people. There's lots of videos of this. There's and too there's many people, videos. He does it people, a lot. He thinks he's good. Why are people cheering? Do you remember when Howard Dean was big in 2004? He was the front runner, Travis. And then he went. "Ah, ah," (laughs) And everybody's just like, yeah, no, we're done with Howard Dean. Yep. Howard Dean was over after his career was donezo. Do you remember when Jeb Bush asked the audience to please (laughs) clap after he gave a little like, well, he was a turd to begin with. I think that. he was still a Bush, though. Like, he, I mean, you're, you, you fuck yourself. If you're a Bush who's had two people in your family be president of the yeah. United States already and you're not a complete shoe in, that means you're a dumb fuck. And to ask the audience who is being televised to please clap after what you said. But I asked you, the Travis, end of that guy. if you see this man do 40 seconds of lose yourself on stage, you can't ever take that guy seriously ever again. No, it's of course over. not. You, you want to be the president of the United States? <laughs> You're ah done. You're ah done, Vivek. Well, like who you're trying to appeal to, right? Like you're a conservative Donald Trump supporter who thinks actually that some of Donald Trump's policies didn't go far enough. So you're obviously appealing to the conservative uh, right, uh, the extreme right. Yeah. <laughs> and like who who are you trying to appeal to in that that? demographic with rapping lose yourself for 40 seconds uh but i think the one that embarrasses themselves the least that's probably 
just who I'll go for. I just I don't want to see people embarrass themselves. It, it makes me feel weird in my belly. You know, what's funny is when uh, Joe Biden became president, and I think I said this on the show, <clears throat> is that I was excited again to have a president that I could ignore. But I didn't realize that I could ignore Joe Biden because they lock him in a basement because they don't want him to be in public. And then when he is in public, you can ignore him because he falls asleep during uh, uh, major events. So, yeah, the, uh, it's the the the. The landscape is not looking very positive on either side of the Charles, I was urging OJ to run for president, but I don't know if that'll happen. But maybe we could get Will Blunderfield, the wild naked man, to be president. That would be pretty wild, Travis. Just think about it. Uh, He suns his butthole in the morning, like the Secret Service. Maybe they could sun their buttholes with him. You talk about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy uh, rapping Eminem making you uncomfortable. This person is uber cringe to me i have a new will blunderfield clip travis because i know how much you like him of course you do Uh, this one i didn't pull the whole thing but i think that you'll get where he's going that's what he probably said in this clip (laughs) he didn't pull the whole thing well i just performed a ritual where i stuck this up my anish which is a beautiful roke made of black obsidian to remove impurities uh, to prepare for this and I stuck this up my butthole actually using a rubber tree condom because most condoms are made by slaves and they're made of fake rubber but this company actually makes real rubber they're called glide made ethically in Australia so I put that on there and I just stuck it up my now in our culture that would be called gay behavior but in ancient cultures before the dominator system took over so yeah Travis uh, then he just goes on about how like it's manly to put stuff in your butt it was a, it was a big black dildo, by the way. The, this fucking this guy's parents. <laughs> I just can't imagine what this guy's parents. How did this person grow up to be this man? Like, so when what? he says things like that, Travis, I take it seriously, and I think, oh my god, were condoms made by slaves? And so I start googling it. I'm like. There's no way that all condoms are made by slaves, right? Like, is Durex made by slaves no way right what slaves but then what i google travis i google latex slaves and then all kinds of crazy fucking shit shows up that is not the ideal things to find and it doesn't answer my questions at all so and is it is it all from his like website (laughs) like all of your answers come from his website because nowhere else on the internet does slaves and condom appear in the same uh, article? But is he serious or like when he posts these videos and he's like this company in Australia makes non-slave condoms, is he just doing an ad for the non-slave condom website or You'd certainly think so because if Durex or Trojan were made by slave labor, you'd think that by now that would have been exposed, right? You would think, but maybe like we all just are so focused on getting our fuck on Travis that we don't look at where our our latex is coming listen from. you don't think that if you it, like if that if the Trojan or Durex or whatever the big big brands of condoms are if they employed slave labor you can't tell me that those slaves wouldn't be pinpricking two out of every five of those condoms that they were packing into those things I I watched videos Travis on how they get the latex out of the rubber tree plants. And it looked pretty complicated. But I, I think that we're missing the point, Travis. 
that was just like a quip. I think the important part is that it's super manly and like all of the conquerors throughout history put dildos in their butts. Yeah, that seems pretty legit. I mean, I can just imagine all of the most powerful kings sitting around after they had their giant turkey leg uh, masterpiece dinner. Um, go back to their quarters, have some wine, and just shove a giant stick up their ass. That seems that seems legit. If Will Blunderfield, the wild naked man, was president, Travis, we would not have a boring day. Well, that's true. That's very true. Every day would be awesome. I wonder who would be our new allies in the world, right? Like, what are the most perverted, weird cultures uh, on on the planet like that would be just like yeah this is our guy let's let's unify with the united states do you think that other countries would fear us because we would be so unpredictable at that point like we would be the crazy ones no because this guy and pardon my language and sorry to trigger anybody is a fucking pussy like this guy is a is is a he drinks his own pee travis i disagree with you that he's this is not this is not a manly man this is not a masculine man this is a guy who talks about jerking off with his buddies drinking his own piss and shoving dildos up his ass this guy is the fucking worst and might be the worst person on the planet i hate this man so much I, I disagree. He's with good you. for podcast content. Travis, I'll I, tell you, I what, agree with you I, before the end of the year. I'm going to turn you around on this Will Blunderfield thing because I, I watch all his stuff. I think he's amazing. Is uh, that a gr- glass of piss right there that you're drinking? Ah, yeah, I got to bark like a dog. <laughs> when I drink got, it, Travis. Is he got you coming around on some of this? Bark shit? <laughs> like a dog when I when I drink my piss, Travis. It's, it's you order the only you way order your case <laughs> your case of Australian <laughs> condoms and <laughs> head down to the porno shop to get a so big black dildo. <laughs> maybe somebody's better at googling than me. Find out if all the condoms are made by slaves, I need to go like, uh, see if I have any condoms and if they have like a one 800 number that we can call, because I, every time I Google latex and slaves, Travis, it's weird stuff. Can and I tell you something? I might've told you before. What's that? Never used a condom in my entire life. Not once, not one time in my entire life. I think I opened one once because somebody's like, do you have any condoms? I said, no. And they said, well, I got a condom and oh. I opened it. And, and I was stu- fucking around, fucking around with it. And I'm like, this doesn't, this sucks. And they're like, ah, forget it. That uh-huh. was the only time ever. You did you ever just put one on just to try it out? No. You have never put one on. No. Weird. Yeah, that might be. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, let us know if you also. Maybe we should do like a poll. Uh, Why was he you- putting a condom on his dildo? By the way, that's a good question. Like, is it? Is is there ridges on there that he's afraid of? He said, oh, I, I, I don't want to upset you, Travis, but I'm going to play it again because I yeah, swear fine. he said he put a condom on his dildo. This and I stuck this up my butthole actually using a rubber tree condom because most condoms are made. He said he did. He put a rubber condom on his dildo. Why would he? Yeah, do what that? Are you, what are you putting condoms on something you're shoving up your ass? Is it just to keep it clean? Oh, that could be. Maybe he's trying to keep his keep his black obsidian whatever to remove it's like when you put that uh that liner on your uh crock pot travis you know oh sure that way you don't have to clean your crock pot when you're done i feel like there's two poll questions to come out of here uh have you never used a condom um and also uh do ladies put 
condoms on their dildos so they don't have to clean their dildos. I probably haven't in like 15 years, but yeah, but I mean, when I, you know, when I was a younger man, yeah, of course, of those kinds of things, I never, I never, my pullout game is on point. (laughs) Guys, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Matthew Goodhue about his PG 13, uh, sloth movie, Travis. Um, it, it's great, by the way. Fucking Slaughterhouse. I'm not going to say masterpiece because I don't want to just throw that word around. Yeah. yeah. It's, you don't wanna... it's a damn fun time, Travis. You know what I'm saying? I it's do. a damn fun time. You, you won't regret buying you a ticket to go see Slaughterhouse. So stick around. We'll be back. It's time once again for the Hollywood Beat with your inside source, Drunk. And this week, Drunk talks to Tiffany Haddish about her new film, Landscape with Invisible Hand, in theaters now. What is this movie? This movie is taking place in modern day uh, the world. Uh, Probably like, you know, 20, 30 years from now. So not modern times then. The future. And um, so they they looking crazy. They shaving off their eyebrows. They putting slime on themselves. You know, they, they, you know. The future people do this. We've been invaded by aliens that have been watching the Earth for a long time. So the aliens shave their eyebrows. Turkey. <laughs> dry turkeys that need to Tiffany, be Tiffany, I have no idea up. what the fuck you're even saying. <laughs> Hi. This is Warren Beatty, and you're listening to the wheelbarrow full of... I'm not reading that. So cute. What is that? That's a sloth. If you're interested, I could sell you that one. They're really that slow? Maybe they just tricked us all. In the jungle, she's a beta. But out here, she's an alpha. Alpha? It is a wild animal. You don't even know what it eats. Alpha? It's a slaughter house. Oh, God. Alpha! some soup baby it's water and then they have cans of soup soup and they throw the cans of soup that's better than a brick because you can't throw a brick it's too heavy but a can of soup you can really put some power into that right and then when they get caught they say no this is soup for my family they're so innocent this is soup for my family it's incredible. And you have people coming over with bags of soup, big bags of soup, and they lay it on the ground and the anarchists take it and they start throwing it at our cops, at our police. And if it hits you, that's worse than a brick because it's got force. It's the perfect size. It's like made perfect. And when they get caught, they say, no, this is just soup for my family. Once again, WFOD. Wheelbarrow full of dicks.
guys. Welcome back. Our guest tonight is the director of a new horror comedy film in theaters now called Slother House. To see where it's playing near you and more, check out slotherhouse.com. Guys, Matthew Goodhue is on the program. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, watched your movie it's last nice night. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. Uh, uh, how, how was it? How, what'd you think? Matt, Matt, the movie's great. Please make 10 of them. Uh, oh, just continue boy. to make them. Yeah, just start making another one right now, please. Uh, I I think we all would be so happy if you know we got the chance to. We learned a lot. Learned how to work with puppets. So it's like we just want. I, I would want to do so much more. I you think know? I, I saw something that like at any given time there was four or five people working on the puppet at, at a time. Yeah, we would have a rod on each arm. A rod usually coming out of like Alpha's butt um, to move its head. Possib- po- the head was controlled off camera by a uh, by two RC operators, so they would <laughs> remote control move its head up and down. Uh, its nose could uh, Alpha's nose could move and uh, her mouth could move. So this little one and a half foot thing, yeah. you've got all these all these people around uh, just to make you know and, and just pe- to get two, people probably two went, to, of- went to school to. Learn yeah. how to make this. I mean, we had some great, we had some really talented folks, uh, you know, kind of in control of that. Um, Creature Effects is the company that built it. Um, these guys, Tony Carrillo and Jackson Pike, they're like wizards uh, in terms of like the mechanics of things. And then we had um, puppeteer Greg Ballora, who is just like very seasoned incredible puppeteer who who takes it so seriously yeah. it's kind of amazing like he always wants another take he always wants to to make the performance a little bit better and uh it was really exciting to see them kind of all come together to bring this little thing to life and now you have it right so now you can just make a whole bunch of them yeah you, i mean you, have we had, it, you know so how to use it we had three on set we had two that were animatronic and could kind of do everything in terms of the, the uh, kind of mechanics inside. And then we had a third, which we called the stuffy, which essentially whenever we had to throw it around, you know, it, it didn't have all the, all the mechanics inside. It was pretty much just like a, a stuffed animal, but we use that one if we had to kind of throw alpha around. So when I'm watching the movie and I, I don't really know the perfect way to word this. So but I think that obviously you're in on the joke, but mm-hmm. you can't make the movie being in on the joke, right? You have to just make the best movie you can, despite the fact that it's ridiculous, right? Certainly. I mean, this, when I was sort of approached with this project, it, it certainly wasn't the type of movie I would ever think to make. Uh, Are you not a horror guy? I, I, I love horror, but you know, I'm a little more of like the creepy slow burn thing, okay. you know? And, and this was like, Oh man, this is like, I, I made a movie 2019. That's like a very kind of slow contained small horror film. And this was pretty much the antithesis of that. Right. And that's, that was very appealing to me and also the, the puppet of it all. So in terms of my approach, and I think working with the actors, it was like, we have to, I don't know, th- we have to take it seriously. We have to, our goal is to make a really good movie. Right. There's, there are a lot of movies in the animal attack genre that, you know, aren't great. It, they 
it doesn't seem like there was a ton of effort. Yeah. It was sort of like, Ooh, we got this crazy idea. Let's make it as fast as we can. I really love cinema. I really love watching movies. I really like when a movie has intention and that is what we tried to do. You know, we, we knew the concept was silly, but you know, the title of the movie, if, if people are down to see a movie that's called Slaughterhouse, I hope they're like, they, they probably know they have an idea of what it's going to be. And I hope, you know, I hope we surprise them a little bit with, you know, we, we just, yeah, yeah. We, we took it. To but does, I does what I, what I said makes sense though, because Absolutely, I, I yeah. don't think that you cannot be part of the joke and in on it, but you kind of have to try to be, I think, or else it doesn't certainly. work at all. It, yeah. Yeah. I think we, we were in on the joke certainly, but that, that didn't mean that we uh, that we weren't taking the scene seriously. That our actors sh- should be cartoon characters. Yeah. It's like we wanted it to feel grounded. You know, we they were reacting to this animal as if you know it was truly attacking them and truly <laughs> terrifying. And it was you know it's a puppet, but in the movie, it's it's a real you know it's a real creature. So luckily, I think our actors. It, it, it was one of those fortunate things where when you're when you're making a movie like the hardest thing is to make sure everyone's making the same movie right because right there's you know get, everyone has different ideas do you, do you for give like a is. speech like a mission statement what do you it, what do you do i mean funny enough with this one it's like i think with the script with the title with you know everybody seemed to sort of know from the get-go like what what the movie could be yeah. um and i think you know we had we had a really good crew like we did you know it was it was a big crew for me especially i i had only worked on you know a 20 person crew before this so it was like this is a much bigger production on uh for me um and a lot of the folks we uh had on the crew they had just come from like the hellraiser movie like <laughs> the netflix we had, one? like with uh the, the, the one... lady hellraiser no yeah oh. yeah the one uh david bruckner uh oh. i think it's on hulu i, I don't know oh, I, I don't yeah know. but it's and they filmed the the sorority house, the the palace that uh, we filmed in. That's the same location in the new Hellraiser. So it's like we had people who were like top of their craft working on this thing. I I didn't want to make something that wasn't you know thoughtful <laughs> in in terms of just the design of the movie. You know, so yeah, it's like there there wasn't necessarily a speech I had to give, but in in terms of like communicating with the actors, we we took every scene, you know, as seriously as we could. And um, in between takes, we'd laugh about how <laughs> silly it was, but we, we wanted it to feel as grounded as possible. So were you passionate about the cautionary tale of exotic pet ownership, or was that just what you needed to do to get, I, of course, I guess it's a byproduct of the movie you're making mm-hmm. that there has to be a reason or, or a, a thought but like is exotic pet ownership part of the message of the movie or is that just where it went it it definitely is part of the movie um it's something i wasn't like super aware of yeah probably just naively like i did kind of when i when i heard about this project and was researching some things there's actual cases of people buying sloths for a very low cost really so they so they yeah there's situation like so they could take pictures in a swimming pool with a sloth <laughs> and put it on and it's like that sound that sounds ridiculous it's pretty gross uh, but they're doing it for 
it's it, it, it's also tied in the animal poaching and just the the horrendousness of that is also tied in with this idea of what people do in like to be accepted within social media you know and and this idea that the social media world is kind of more important than the real day-to-day being a person on earth you know yeah. if if your popularity can grow on your cell phone it's like <laughs> It doesn't matter what happens in in your real life. Like you know, you can sure. you make decisions for the for the phone world, and <laughs> that was something I personally uh, kind of connected to because I I, I don't want to be on my phone all the time, but yeah. there are days where I find myself like stuck on it, and it's like, what am I doing? You so get, you get that, yourself you know, a sloth that will that'll probably work. I've it, got it's a dog. Sad, it's sad enough, here. but it would work. I'm sure. Oh yeah. People would love it. You know, if you post funny pictures, it's like, Oh wow. Look at this guy. How (laughs) exciting. But it's like, you know, is that person taking care of the animal? Do they actually have any ideas to like what that animal needs? And unfortunately, you know, I think a lot of times it's, you know, it's, it's purchased with uh, like for the wrong reasons. Yeah, for sure. If if you love sloths, like donate to a sanctuary, you know, or, or, or a place where they're taken care of. Yeah. Go look at them in a zoo where they might have an idea of what they're doing. Uh, Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, so I read that there was an early draft of this that was super gory over the top horror. Was that before you got there or did before you make I got that there movie yeah. and then cut it down? <laughs> yeah, no, before I got there, okay. I actually never read that version of the script. I I can imagine what it could have been, and I think a lot of us can. Um, so there and, isn't a, a good hue cut that we can uh, unfortunately uh, lobby no. for? I no. mean, and for this one, I wish I had more time. I would have, you know... Uh, Katie and Brad, um, the the producers and sort of creators of the project, like I think they went a little back and forth on, do you go gore rated R or, you know, who at the end of, like who who loves sloths? Who are right. the people that are sort of attracted <laughs> um, to this creature? And it seemed to be a bit of a younger demographic, and I found that kind of exciting because we looked at this movie as a potential gateway horror film for for younger folks who maybe have never seen sure. a horror film before that can see, you know, something that, you know, there are lots of nods to other horror movies, um, you know, the practical effects of it all. We really hope people can look at that and be excited that, like, we didn't lean into computers. We, we took the time to film with this thing. And, you know, that's how movies uh, kind of used to be made. Um, so, and probably yeah, the people I, that you can nab with the over, they're going to see it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, yeah, I hope, I hope people come out, you know, it's hard to get movie scene these days and, um, we're very lucky to be, you know, we don't have a huge theater run, but, Oh, is it, is it limited or it's limited? Yeah. Okay. In some cities they're only showing it like for a night. So yeah. that's, I saw a couple uh, theaters it, near me have like a seven o'clock Wednesday screening. And then is it, does it have a VOD release coming soon or um, it will be coming soon? Yeah. I don't know exactly when that will be, but I'm sure in time, like for Halloween uh, it'll be, it'll be ready. But yeah, if you know, the hope is people come out to the theater, if they do, then, you know, there's a chance they'll extend the the theater run. Um, and that would be awesome. Cause oh. yeah, 
Yeah, I hope so, Matthew. Anything we can get to get more of these movies. These movies are great. We hope to, you know, we also really wanted this to play, you know, like with a crowd, with people, with friends. So hopefully people come out and check it out. Because I I think it is a a movie that's probably enjoyed more if you're with, you know, with people. Absolutely. I also wanted to ask you about the, the, the Finnish guy that does all the sounds. Uh, how do you get hooked up with him? How does he figure out that's his thing? I, I want to know about him. So you, you got the guy, yeah. the, the, a guy from Finland that makes all the sloth noises, right? Yeah. His name, he goes by Rudy rock. He, <laughs> that's a cool name. <laughs> he's a cool dude. I yeah. actually, funny enough, I guess because of COVID and also our distance, like I have yet to meet him in person. Oh, you haven't uh, met him. Not in person. We've, we uh, did the zoom thing and we, you know, we okay. went through the movie together and, and did all the beats and, and, you know, did all the recording uh, through Zoom and stuff. But the writer of the movie, Bradley Fowler, he found Rudy just in searching for voice actors. And kind of what appealed to us about Rudy was the, like, the how natural the noises were. He wasn't making really cartoon characters stuff it was like as true to the animal as possible there's there's a video of him on youtube where he does like a hundred animal noises and like however in like a very short amount of time it's a really weird skill like that's crazy that you would even figure out that's a thing you can do (laughs) i wish i knew like how he discovered that like i want to spend more time with him but there were like he did some things with his voice like animal noises aside like he was able to basically create what sounded like like a really big echo where like he made a noise and then it I could hear it like travel and it That's was so weird it was just him in a room like that is an echoey and like it's hard to articulate yeah. he's just like he he I don't know if it's an inherent thing that he has or if it's something that he just like practiced forever but and so do you collaborate with him or does he just send you an hour's worth of sounds and you just use them. No, we, we went from scene one of the movie all the way through, you know, a couple different sessions um, of looking at every scene. We, we wanted alpha to sound like an actual sloth and be, you know, as true to the animal as possible. Obviously we, you know, took some liberties and kind of exaggerated certain things, but for me, it was really talking with him about like, what is alpha thinking? How can we communicate alpha's emotions through her sounds? You know, it's like, it's, it's a puppet. It's very limited in terms of like how we can express things with alpha. Um, But we knew Rudy was the right guy kind of because the range of, of things he could do. And also, you know, he was very thoughtful in terms of, you know, what is alpha thinking here? Um, uh, how intelligent is Alpha? Like, when does Alpha sort of start to put things together? What what sound kind of represents that? And it was it was re- really fun to to do that. Matthew, where should I send people? Do you have like a website um, or something? Where, where I mean, definitely slaughterhousetickets.com. Um, if you go to that, you can put in like your your zip code, your hometown, whatever it is, and it'll give you a list of theaters near you. Um, and then through that, you can directly buy your tickets. Um, so check that out. And then slaughterhouse.com also has, you know, hopefully more screenings pop up. Um, and yeah, just any info about the film. <laughs> Matthew, I appreciate your time, man. I loved your movie. 
Uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime, man. Uh, thanks so much, man. I Good appreciate you checking release, it out. Man. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Get an opportunity to see Slaughter House. Go fucking see it. It's great. That's a good chat, and uh, obviously I wasn't there for that. Um, but I, it's it's got me pumped. I'm very excited. I love movies like this in the first place. Uh, Zombievers. Uh, there's there's very few that really kind of transcend the the premise, right? And uh, this one seems like it does, so I'm very excited. A, a hell of a body count in this one, Travis. There's a lot of co-eds getting whacked by this sloth, Travis. Oh, that's... See? that's You sold me on co-eds getting slaughtered. I have a pick of the week. It's kind of uh, anticlimactic, Travis. But Slother House is my pick of the week. I mm. just watched it, Travis. I enjoyed the fuck out of Slother House. So uh, it's an easy one. But, that is an easy one. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. That, and maybe that'll be one of my upcoming picks of the weeks when I'm uh, able to view it. And uh, my uh, my other pick of the week, Travis, is 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 don't if you're a politician, don't rap. Rap isn't <laughs> for you. <laughs> hire a rapper if you need rap during your campaign rallies. Yeah. Hire, hire a rapper to rap before you come out and be your hype man. Someone who's like really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a 37 year old Indian businessman. <laughs> Travis, did, did, before we get to your pick of the week, uh, I, I wanted to ask you did you see the redheaded guy with the beard that plays the acoustic guitar and talks about how he wants money? Uh, the, the Oliver, whatever yeah, his Oliver name is. Like, I, I, everybody's <clears throat> keeps talking about the, the, the redheaded guy that plays the guitar. Yeah. He came money. out of nowhere and has like huge Spotify ratings and whatever they're comparing him. They're talking to about him. Like he's this like conservative savior or whatever. But at every interview you hear him talk about, he's like, no man, I'm pretty much in the middle. <laughs> like I, they're all pretty dirty and, but they're like, keep grasping. Like every article that's written. Oh, he's like, one yeah. of our. Yeah, the right wing uh, f- country folk singer uh, Oliver, whatever the hell his name is, and he keeps saying every time he's they talk to him, he's like, "No, listen, I'm uh, maybe I'm right of center, but I'm pretty much in the middle." And they're like, "No, you're not. You're conservative." <laughs> this song means that you hate uh, Democrats and liberals. It's like, no, listen, it's about uh, people taking advantage of uh, regular people, whether it be right or left. They're like, "No, no, no, you're talking about the left." He's like, "No, that's not at all." What I'm yeah. talking about, it's 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 a funny narrative to watch play out in the media, like so much so that he like I think he's turned down like a bunch of multi million dollar contracts because he's yeah. like I no man I'm not playing in is, your is he in, a plant where did this guy come from There was an art I read an article and I cannot remember which maybe it was Hollywood Reporter or something that's that that's what the headline was was that is this guy a plant so i read the thing <laughs> and the article didn't ever be like 
yeah, he's, you know, here's the evidence that he could be a plant. It was just like a catchy headline to get you to read the article. Yeah. And it pretty much just talked about like his rise from nowhere with this one song. Um, but he's like taking like he's like broken records with his his like streams and shit. And, Travis, and, I have uh, not listened to the song yet. I haven't either. I I did, however, get a uh Hank Hill AI cover sent to me that I listened Don't to really. some of. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, I, I have the Hank Hill AI cover, so this can be our uh, introduction to... I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. It's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good, dude. <laughs> what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. I like it. Travis, do you have a pick of the week? Yeah, I like that very much. Yeah, uh, Travis's pick of the week this week. I can only say this because I haven't really consumed much media except this one, in, this show in particular. Uh, it's the Apple Plus original series Hijack starring Idris Elba. I've been um, meaning to watch that, Travis. It's pretty much self-explanatory. If you're going into it looking for an action program like it's uh, Liam Neeson on a plane, uh, don't because it's not that at oh, all. Oh, no. It's just like an actual hijacking and like a strategic way to try to get everybody out of that situation alive. So, so Idris, Idris Elba, Elba doesn't kick any ass? He, I mean, there's some fight scenes and shit, but it's not like Idris Elba is like, he's not like an ex special ops guy. So he's not John McClane. He's more like, no, a guy. He's a dude. Like he's a, yeah, he's a dude. He's not, he's not like ex special ops. Like, he's not like an ex Navy SEAL. Don't stab he's, me, bro. Right. He's not a, he's not a, a police officer or any of that. Like none of that. It's none of that. He's just like a guy. Uh, but it's very intriguing, right? Like it's it kind of plays out fairly slow, um, but it is uh, it is it is pretty good. I'm not saying it's amazing, but it is pretty good, and it's worth it for the fact that it is only seven episodes, um, about 42 minutes a pop. Uh, so it was a real easy watch this week, and uh, Hijack is my pick of the week. Is that a one-off, or is there going to be a season two of Hijack? I don't see how there could be. It's okay. pretty. It's there's a pretty definitive end. It is a British show. Like you, when they play the trailer for it, you're not quite sure if it's like an American Idris Elba, uh, but it isn't. It's like uh, Luther, so it's oh, like okay. uh, it's a it's a British show, and you know how they're notorious for like you get one c- series and then that that's it. Uh, and that's got to be what this is going to be. Is so. his character named Jack? Sam. Okay. So it isn't hijack. <laughs> no. That you should have kept that to yourself. Sorry. <laughs> Guys, we did it. Uh check out Slother House if you get an opportunity. Great movie, Travis. I enjoyed Slother House a great deal. So um and we'll we'll do it again soon, Travis. Very soon. We sure will. We're gonna do it again. So guys, uh Thanks for listening and uh, answer those poll questions. Answer the poll questions. Yeah. And and, uh, drunk will be back next week. So uh, send us some uh, drunk related content. Yeah. We need uh, more stunt year things. Stunt year. Stunt, 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 stunt year.
Thank you for listening to this installment of WFOD. Our operation is 100% independent, so your support is appreciated. We don't advertise, so we rely on word of mouth to spread the gospel of the dub file. Please take a moment to tell a friend, share a link, leave a review, or any of the other things podcasts ask you to do. The music featured in this podcast is provided by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Get a hold of the show by phone at 636-487-HAND or email any of our names, Mike, Travis, or Drunk at WFOMix.com. Special thanks as always to our Patreon sponsors, Benny Michaels, Jim Chadman, Brian Kranz, Liquid Lozenge, Valerie Carpenter, Jay Adson, and Rabbit Poundings. You can be a Patreon sponsor for as little as a dollar a month to get episodes before everyone else by signing up at patreon.com slash WFODex. Our entire catalog can be found at WFODshow.com, or you can subscribe to our RSS feed on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, or any podcast player. Check us out on social media at WFOD Show on Twitter or Instagram or WFODix on Facebook or YouTube. We will return next week, but really, we're never gone. That is that AI Hank Hill is amazing. <laughs> I I'll have to listen to that song this week because I, I I just keep seeing stuff about that fucking guy. Yeah, I've been seeing it for weeks, and that's the thing. I've been meaning to check it out too, just because like I need to hear this song, just because I've seen so much shit about it, right. just to see if it's any good or why it, why so many people are listening to it or what. But yeah, it, that that's kind of how I am about things now. It's like when everybody's talking about how great something is. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. I've been like that forever. I'm, like, I'm not clicking a button to watch yeah. a song. Is That's like- how I, yeah. Right? Like, I don't know, like, oh, everybody thinks this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the, the reviews are in. Oh, I don't I'm, give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I still to this date have not seen Titanic. So you haven't seen Titanic. No, Brian Kranz and I had a uh, a pact that we made when we worked at Walmart, because when we worked at Walmart, Titanic was the biggest thing that existed. And when it came out on v- uh, two tape VHS, that motherfucker ran constantly like on a loop in the electronics department. And we promised each other that neither one of us would ever watch it. And uh, I've seen clips, obviously, but I uh, never watched Titanic. Travis, um Speaking of things that you should never click on, um, Smash Mouth, they did a cover of uh, Never Gonna Give You Up, 
with their oh. new singer. Did you? Because the guy had a new singer. Well, the guy got mad at Bread, and he quit Smash Mouth. And the I main the main guy quit Smash Mouth. Yeah. And well, so that's Smash, not Smash Mouth anymore. So Smash Mouth continued. I think, and I didn't look this up, so it might not even be true. But I'm pretty sure that like somebody that was already in the band just became the singer. Like I like the bassist was like, ah, I'll just sing. Which he probably wanted to do the entire length of the band. Right, right. But their new singer. Travis, I listened to a little bit of this. They they played it at the bar last night, and I was thinking, they need to get the singer of Smash Mouth back. This guy stinks. <laughs> but the first thing they put out is this shitty cover. We're no strangers to love. You know the rules, and so do I. It stinks, Travis. What do they just do the same shit that they did with the original singer where they try to like echo it out or whatever? I don't know what they're doing, but they need to stop it. Uh, he thinks that now that they bounced the singer, they think that uh, they can recap capture the fame that they got from doing that Shrek song, the monkeys cover. They're like, oh, if we just do another cover, we'll just do more covers. That's our we'll thing. Do, we'll do another cover and then we'll be super famous again. That bands, I guess, just can't be done anymore there's just still money to be made and so they'll just keep doing it yeah it's essentially it's like instead of coming up with like a new idea for a movie it has to be based on an ip right well it, instead of coming up with a new band with the remaining members just uh they it has to be based on the ip of the song squeeze every last <laughs> yeah. drop out is there can we do a just, Rick Astley cover and go on tour again? I just saw a very funny meme that I had never seen before. It is a farmer <clears throat> walking up to a the skinniest cow you've ever seen. Uh, it's it's obviously bone dry, and the farmer's got like fifteen buckets all over his arms, and it says, uh, uh, "I'm coming." And it's like the cow was. It said the Conjuring, and then the farmer said WB. So it was like. It's milking the franchise dry by continuing to make random spinoffs and shit. Yeah. Is the nun a conjuring movie? Yeah. The nun part two is a conjuring. Oh, my God. So it's it's a sequel to a spinoff. Yeah. So you got you got the conjuring one, two and the devil made me do it. Then you have Annabelle, Annabelle origins. Annabelle comes home. Then you have the nun, the nun two. Then you have the curse of La Lorna, and I think that's it. Jesus! So there's Those like are... four different spinoffs. Yeah, the, yeah, yes. <laughs> Was the Conjuring an insane success to where oh, the, we need yes. all this? It made... the Conjuring was an insane success. Yes. What it cost like ten dollars and made like. 50 million dollars or yeah i think the original was was pretty low i mean like 10 20 million and made like hundreds of millions of dollars and the <laughs> sequel did too and so they just keep churning out spin-offs and shit for this um insidious did the exact same thing uh where because james wan was on a fucking a kick there for a bit where he ca- he came off saw made uh i think insidious was first and insidious blew up so they made a bunch of sequels to that then he did the first two conjurings and that fucking blew up and then so they just keep making movies based off of the original movies travis i saw something i got like a targeted ad for saw 
that was telling me to uh, call a phone number, and I called it and recorded it. And I don't oh, play it for me. I don't know why I didn't have it on the board. Uh, but where it's like it? when I called. I called the John Gruden when he was like he would give you a nickname when he was peddling Corona before he became a coach again and then got disgraced. Oh, you could call and John Gruden would sell you stuff. Yeah, he would give you a nickname. So you would call the Corona hotline and John Gruden, you would I think you would maybe even answer a question or two. And then John Gruden would tell you over the phone what your new nickname was. And my new nickname from John Gruden was mini fridge. <laughs> oh, I got to add that to the list now. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't move it over to this computer. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it on the other computer. But uh, yeah, I, I called it and I recorded it because I was like, what it, what happens if you call this phone number? Like I thought that like you know the saw guy was going to tell me that he was going to kill me or something. The, ask if you wanted to play a game. Did you ever call the Stranger Things pizza number? Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if you can hear this. Can you hear this? I hear the Skype. Yeah. Oh. Hello there. Thank you for reaching out. A very brave thing to do. I hear that uh, you're looking for a restart, a cleanse. But I must ask, are you sure this is the right path for you? What you are about to experience will truly put you to the test. A test unlike any other that you've faced before. If you'd still like to proceed, simply text, I want to play a game to this phone number for your first challenge. Good luck. Turns out me like 12 of those fucking movies. Uh, this is 10. Is it? Well, the, does the Chris <clears throat> Rock one count? Yeah. Yep. So... There was Saw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 7 was the final chapter. Uh, number 8 was Jigsaw. Number 9 was Spiral from the Book of Saw. And this is Saw 10. Wasn't there a Saw 3D in there? No, uh, the 3D one was Saw 7, the final chapter. Oh. I think I watched like 1 through 3. The They're all good because they all kind of have this weird twist like the first one does where they all kind of tie into each other all of them are good except the chris rock one which is fucking terrible yeah it's so bad well i think that they just have the set pieces and then you just kind of got to get to those well and the stupid thing was is the the director from saw two through four came back to do spiral from the book of saw and it had Chris Rock and Sam Jackson in it, but it was just so bad. It's it was just yeah, so it's, shitty. It's stunk. God. And I was excited. For, like even Saw 7, which is, well, you know, Jigsaw, which is arguably the worst out of all of them. Even that one had more rede redeeming qualities than, than Spiral from the Book of Saw. I, I'll probably eventually watch them, Travis, but it's not high on my list. They're all good. If you if you need to stop somewhere, you could stop with six and yeah. be fine. Like, I have them all. I have all oh, the saws. I have. And you just never watched them. Yeah. Well, once you have like a couple of them, you have to have the whole set. Yeah, I am. I'm like that, too. I have to complete the series yeah. like an idiot. 